and welcome to the New York Film Academy Hour. This week I'm so excited because we have a student fresh out of school who's already doing amazing music videos. He's got a fresh eye and he's here to tell you all about it. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Hey guys, and welcome back to the New York Film Academy Hour. I'm Joelle Smith. And I'm Tiger Rad. And we're so excited because today we have a very special guest, a NYFA alum, Asad Yakub. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am well. I'm I'm so excited to have you. You've been doing uh, a bunch of music videos, mostly with drag queens, which is... (laughs) Oh, yes. <laughs> which is so exciting. Um, we're going to kick it off with the first question we always start with, which is, when did you know you were in love with film? Um, it was funny. I didn't know until I started school with you guys. I was in Lebanon in college for business, and I hated it. Mm. And I had a teacher from New York, and she's like, you need to leave and go uh, go to New York and do art. So I just typed art schools in New York, and New York Film Academy. <laughs> oh I spent a lot of money for your Google advertisements, because that was just the first thing that popped up. I'm like, okay, I'll try this. And the thing is, like, I always knew I had a backup plan. So I was like, I can take this risk. I was only 20. I'm like, if I don't like it, I can start something else. But I started week one. I knew that was it. What was the backup plan, out of curiosity? I was going to go back and just work with my dad. Oh, well, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> and just be not, miserable. It not. wasn't the ideal backup plan, but it was a backup plan. That's what safety yeah. nets are for. They're, right? they're just for safety, not for fun. It was not for fun. No, not at all. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Okay, so maybe walk us through what that first year was like. What when you got started? Do you remember like a moment where you were like, "Yes, this like I want to be a director." Hundred percent. Yeah, it was the semester one film. I still remember. Oh my god, um, this is like six years ago now. But uh, everyone you did was, the BFA. Sorry, the yeah, BFA and the, the MFA. MFA. Yeah, because okay. I wanted to do a. So after the BFA, I wanted to do a feature. And your school's knife was the only one that gives a feature program. So mm. I was like, I know everyone there. I'm very comfortable with the school. I might as well go in again. And it was actually one of the best experiences okay. I had doing the feature track with knife. So this was six years ago. Yeah. And so everyone was kind of underestimating me in class because I'm very loud <laughs> and I talk a lot. And I'm, not, I'm like not into the very artsy kind of thing where everyone's like trying to pretend. You know, at the beginning, everyone's like, oh, I'm such an artist and all that. I was not like that at all. I, mean, I was like, no, be real or like, I don't have time for you. And so I did my semester one film and it killed it. And then everyone was like so shocked in the class because no one, no one wanted to crew up with me. Nothing like, wow. no one really wanted to work with me because they're like, oh, he's not serious. And then I killed it. And then after that, everyone was like, oh shit, <laughs> like, this guy, we have to watch out for oh him. Which gosh. I, I still remember even people coming up to me saying, oh my god, I did not expect this. So what was your first film about? Yeah. Oh my, it was so lame. That's okay, they're all uh, lame. What was it? It was like one night at a party where this couple go to the party and you don't know they're a couple until the end and they kidnap this guy and murder him and, <laughs> and then she ends up murdering the husband too. Yeah, It was like a female femme fatale kind of thing. Awesome. Okay, so you, you carry these femme fatale, like strong female Yeah, I always kind of liked having like, even though it's guys dressed as girls, I still like having a strong female character most of the time when I, when so I work. Drag queens kind of raised me my freshman year of college and yeah. they were like, you will get out of your skin and you will be loud, you will be proud of yourself and I was it's like, true. okay. They do help you do that. They do. 100%. Yes. Help me find my femininity. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, okay, so after your first year, you've made this film. How are you starting to put together teams? Are you working with the same people over and over again? Yeah, I worked actually. I've been working with the exact same uh, writer and editor since I started Nifa, and he does it now. Yeah, and we, he to wrote, this day, till he wrote my feature and edited my oh. feature too. Yeah, we worked together on everything. Give him a shout out. Who yeah, is it? his name's Nick Lando, and he's amazing. He was in. He, he was my TA. 
my first week of NIFA. <laughs> oh my gosh. And he looked Arab. So I was like, are you Arab? And he's like, no, I'm Caribbean. But he kind of looked, <laughs> he's like, but I have a lot of Lebanese friends. I took his number. And when no one wanted to really corrupt with me other than two people in class, I was like, I need a DP. Mm-hmm. So I called him out of nowhere. Like, I never spoke to this guy after that first week. And then a few months later, I called him. I'm like, hey, do you want to DP my, my semester one movie? And he's like, Sure. And we never stopped working together oh my since gosh, then. Incredible. Yeah. What is it you like about that relationship? Like, um, we understand each other in like three seconds. We don't have to talk much. Mm. Like, I'll just say something. He's like, "Got it, done." And we just work. Re- our workflow is amazing, and I think that's very important when you're working with someone on set, especially at stress. He used to DP a lot of my stuff. Now he doesn't DP anymore. And when you're in like high stressful situations, you want someone who'll just take three seconds to understand what you're saying. So. With him, that's exactly the situation yeah, I definitely. had. Yeah. Do you have any big lessons, any takeaways? If you were to just, say, give example to somebody who's just starting film school now. Yeah. What would you say to them? Um, I have two things, like, normally. One thing I would say is people are going to tell you your ideas suck. Mm. And if you believe in them, you'll make it work. Like, a lot of people are like, why are you doing a drag queen thing? Like, who's into that? And I was like, you're going to see. Even my parents at the beginning, now they're completely changed their mind. <laughs> because, like, my film has been doing so well. But before that, they were like, I don't understand. Why are you choosing this topic? It's Why can't you just do, like, a normal movie? And I'm like, yeah, that gets me nowhere. Mm. And so people are going to tell you your ideas suck and that you try to put you down but just like if you believe in it hard enough but you have to put the work in mm-hmm. it's not just sitting there saying oh my idea is good and you don't put the work in you mm-hmm. have to put the work in um yeah and I think film school isn't for everyone that's another advice like people I mean I was one of those people that didn't know anything about film school and I went in luckily it worked out for me but mm-hmm. it's not the case for I think like 80% of the people I know I don't think it's for everyone. I think people should really be selective when they choose to come to film school. It's definitely important to find the right film school fit for you. It's important to do the research and make sure that... Because mm-hmm. I've seen film schools where it's like, we're going to teach you the basics, but if you've already been making films on your cell phone for years, like you don't need the basics. You might want to go someplace that's going to challenge you and get you better and get you in front of the right people mm-hmm. so that you can have a career. And speaking of that, I wanted to ask you, it seems like you were saying that, you know, doing a regular film wouldn't work for you. Uh, it seems like you've really found a solid base, and I've heard this theory, the, the 10,000 fans theory, that if you can get 10,000 fans who will continually support you every time you come out and do a project, that that's what gets you going. Have you been finding that that's true on your journey? Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, Bob's video has like 1.4 million that's views, crazy. so I guess wow. there's more than 10,000 fans <laughs> for that concept. But no, I mean, I agree. Uh, I think just the niche market, I, I wanted to come at it with, with something that not many people are going to do. Because I thought, if I want to make it, I need to be different. I need to stand out. And also, I, I enjoy the topic. It's not that I just randomly went on the list and picked it. It found me in a way. Mm. It was funny. I just randomly knew these drag queens in New York and I said I want to put you guys on in movies and it just happened that way but I would I love doing horror movies as well but I thought a horror movie there's like 50 so many come out a year there we go again with the horror how do you stand out you don't be like in a horror film so it's kind of tough in that sense yeah yeah. So what about the visual aesthetic of, like, because drag queens are notorious for being, like, very much larger than life, like, mm-hmm. uh, very colorful. Is that aesthetic mm-hmm. kind of what is keeping you coming back? Yeah, I mean, I, I love working with them on set. It's a lot of fun. We laugh a lot. It, it's, it's like a drag show on set, <laughs> nonstop. Sometimes it gets, it's tough, but... Um, they're amazing. Like all elaborate on that line when it's tough. Well, it's tough. I mean, because sometimes you like want to reel them in, but they have such big personalities. It's like they they want to keep bursting out, which on camera is amazing. But when we're like in the in between moments, we're like, oh my god. 
but they're amazing. I love I love working with all the girls. Do the stars of your uh, films are they getting a lot of input uh, visually, or are you coming up with the majority of the visual aesthetic? Um, majority is me. Um, I let them know for for Chai Pop, each girl got a specific color that they had to wear their character was going to wear throughout the whole movie. And so I gave them that, and then they showed me options for their oh, outfits. Cool. And I was like, okay, I like this, I like that. So they did get a bit of input, I, I guess, but I, I was firm about what they could and could not wear, for sure. Let's talk about Cherry Pop. What, where did that idea stem from? Um, it, was, it started as a short film for my thesis for my undergrad. Okay. I was doing some other movie, and it wasn't really working out in the writing process. And Nick, my writer, last minute was like, Asad, Let's write something completely different. I know we have a month to your thesis, but we can make it happen. Wow. What do you know? What can you get? Yeah, what can you get for free? What can you do? So I knew a bar, the Stonewall Inn in New York, which is like a historical landmark. <laughs> you say you know a bar. <laughs> like the bar. Yeah, the bar. <laughs> so I, I was friends with the owner and the managers, and they were kind enough to let me use the bar for my short film. And then I knew a bunch of girls that were interested in, in being in the movie. So I was like, let's write something for them. Not knowing it was going to do so well, like, I, I did really well in the festival circuit with the short, mm-hmm. which is how I got the opportunity to do the feature. Remind us of, of where this film has shown. Um, the short or the feature? The feature. Where's Sherry Pop? Where are we um, well, seeing we're, it? We're seeing it now for the first time in Outfest Fusion. It's amazing. Yeah, which is really exciting. We got into the Atlanta Film Festival, so we're going to oh, play there. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. We're going to play there at the end of March. Yeah, end of March. We just screened in London a week ago, and we won an award for Best Comedy Feature. So you're already doing international shows. Which is fun. Yeah, that was, our, that was, I think, our world premiere, I guess, that, the London wow. one. Holy cow. Yeah, it was fun. What was screening with that audience like? Um, I wasn't there. You were <laughs> not there, okay. I couldn't try. I can't leave the country because of visa stuff. So oh, okay. I had to stay here. I couldn't go. It was not because I didn't want to. But generally, when you do screen, are you the type to watch and mm-hmm. sit there and critique wa- yourself, or do you are you enjoying it? Oh, What's- I love it. I watch. Okay. The, I, I love this. I did this movie because I would go watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. oh like I love it. It's so funny. Um, but I loved watching the audience. So I did a private screening in May, uh, last May, uh, just for like the cast, the crew, a few agents, man- like people like in the industry. And the reaction I got was way better than I thought. Because um, I think after a while, you watch the movie so much, and like, editing, and you mm-hmm. filmed it, and with the writer, you kind of, like, don't like the movie. You go through a phase where you kind of hate the movie. So I went mm-hmm. through that where I was like, oh, I don't want to watch this anymore. Like, I've seen it too many times. And then when you screen it again in front of an audience, you're like, fall in love with it all over again. Because you see everybody's reaction yeah, to it. Yeah, it's kind of fresh again, because the jokes get... You, you, you know the jokes are coming. You expect them. So after, like, the hundredth time... Like, girl, how can I laugh again at this joke? <laughs> but when you see other people laughing, you start laughing. It's like contagious. So, pitch. What is this movie like? Why? What? What is it? And why should people go see it? What is it like? The logline kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So it's like one night at a drag show where the the matriarch of the show doesn't want to perform anymore. She feels like used and abused. And there's a young newcomer who who's gonna take her place basically. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of drama between the girls. I don't want to reveal too much because there's like a twist that I that love happens. it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think we actually have the trailer for Cherry Pop. So let's see if we can maybe watch that. And you can feel free to chime in with any thoughts that you have about it. Oh, cool. um, if a moment stands out to you. I was really excited when I saw the trailer for the first time because uh, it feels like home. I grew. Um, I lived in Boys Town all through college, and so oh, like Chicago. Yeah, cool, absolutely. Let's check it out. Girl, <laughs> I don't know how long this night has felt for y'all, but let me tell you, backstage, this is one hell of a night. 
That's tonight's cherry. He's the cherry. <laughs> it's time to see what you came here to see. You're our cherry tonight. You're the cherry. This is the moment you have all been waiting for. It is time for somebody <laughs> to get that cherry popped. Bitch, are you taking? Amazing. Is it a musical? Um, there's music elements to it, okay. yes, but it's not a musical. Not a musical no. Yeah, okay. they have. It's basically one night at a drag show, so you see the backstage, and then the musical parts are the performances. Of gotcha. The girls. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what really strikes me about this is it's hilarious. Just the trailer is funny, and we often hear that doing comedy is much more challenging than directing. Specific. Uh, I'm sorry. Than uh, drama, drama, specifically uh, in film, because your jokes cannot quite be timed usually the same way. They're sort of made in editing and sort of made on set. Did you find that to be true? Um, honestly, though, I had no problems with the comedy. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie; it was it was the drag queens are so funny naturally. Like they gave me so much to work with that it was not. Yeah, that was the least of my concerns. Okay, yeah. so the key to making good comedy is, is casting. High drag queens. Yeah. Casting, <laughs> okay, exactly. I agree. I agree. The casting is so important, and yeah, I I took it took me a long time of working and getting the, everyone to trust me. Like I met everyone, almost everyone in this movie that got cast, I met at a bar. No joke. I didn't do castings. I met almost every single person in that movie at a bar. And you just had to trust that they had the chops. No, I mean, I watched their shows okay. many, many times. Okay. Yeah, but then other people, it was like I randomly, I met one of the Pussycat Dolls who's in my movie, Carmeet. One night I was at a bar and she was there with uh, another Pussycat Doll and I approached her and I was like, hey, want to have a shot? They all have the same story, by the way, about how I met them. It was like, hey, want to do a shot with me? It's like, I realized, I'm like, shit, I should probably change that. Um, they're like, hey, I was like, hey, you want to have a shot with me? She's like, sure. And I was like, you'd be perfect for my movie if, if I can send you the script to read. And she read it, loved it. And that was a leap of faith with her. She turned out to be an amazing actress. Like, I was very impressed with her. Oh but what I love about that is you have a relationship with the people that you're working with. You said you're working with the same people over and over again mm-hmm. behind the scenes. But then when you're bringing new people in, you're meeting them not in a business way, but in a friendly way, in a way that makes them trust you. And I think that oftentimes that's the most important thing for a director to have with his cast and crew is just trust. I agree. Yeah, I think that's very important. And, I, yeah, we threw parties every week at the end of the week, working week. Saturday night, we all went out together. Like, oh. crew. Wow. Cast everyone. Yeah, that's unheard of. Yeah, not it was a lot completely of fun. unheard of. But but yeah. American great, Summer but... shot the same way. They they rented out the guys. It was like where he actually went to camp when he was a kid. They oh, rented it out that. for a month. Yeah, and they just lived on the set for a month. So all of that comedy came from them knowing each other and figuring out timing with mm-hmm. one another. That helps. Yeah. Also, really? the girls in my movie they all work. To, most of them work together, so they know each other really well. They have this bond, this friendship that. You can tell, like, the the banter between them, it's very natural because that's how they normally speak with each other. So that helped, too, knowing that the girls all knew each other. I love that. That sounds like a really fun atmosphere to create in. It was. It was a a blast. Honestly, working on Cherry Pop was one of the best things I ever did. And this is your first feature, right? Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Um, A question we get a lot is about financing and how do you get the money and stuff together to make a film. Now, we already know you were able to secure locations because you knew people and you're hiring friends and stuff. Did that help? And then how did you secure the rest of your funds I mean for the feature I, I built my everything it was wow. a sound stage so every single set was built holy cow what yes because I to find a bar to let me rent out for three weeks 
Plus, yeah. bringing in and out the equipment would have taken so much time. So I thought building it, having this. So we had a, we had the location for five weeks, two weeks of prep and building and everything, and then three weeks of shooting. And that actually was the best decision I made, hands down, because we kept the lights. We didn't really, and we used these new lights, which I never worked with the LED lights. So it was very easy to to switch it up, change yeah, the color, uh-huh. change the hue, whatever we needed to do. It was my gaffer just had this like iPad, doom doom doom, done. It was it was <laughs> wow. perfect. Yeah. All, everything was pre-lit. It was very, very efficient. Were I you think. involved a lot in the set design as well? Um, yeah, I had an amazing production designer, Julie. <laughs> Shout Julie. out to Julie. She, she goes by one name. <laughs> Julie, uh, I, I don't know her last name, actually. Um, but she was amazing. Uh, she went to AFI for the, for the program. And without her, I would not have done any of this. Because she helped with even the, the dimensions of building this. Because I, I don't know how to do that mm-hmm. stuff. So I would tell her, I want this, I want that. And then she comes back to me with all these amazing ideas. So she was really, really helpful. That is incredible. Yeah. So, okay, you, where, are, what are your distribution plans for this? Do you have any? Are I you ju- looking? I just got a, a big offer, but I don't, I don't know if I'm going to take it. I have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, I need to talk to a lawyer because I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand the numbers. There's all these, like, percentages. I'm like, I don't get it. But Read it's a great that company. It's a great, great company. And... It, when I said I wanted to do distribution, it, like when like my ideal offer mm-hmm. would have been one company that does worldwide in all platforms, and that's what I got the offer for. Because I don't want to shop around to like five different places. <laughs> that's and exhausting. Have, you know, I just would rather have one person deal with everything. Done. And okay. so, in that uh, perspective, it's like the ideal offer. I just don't understand the numbers. So I well, need to. I need when, someone to tell me <laughs> when you when you sign on the dotted line. Let us know so we can then tell people where to find your film because Absolutely. I feel like this is a lot of fun and I feel like drag films uh, do really well on like YouTube and you kind of see them here and there. But to see something that is a full production where like an actual set was built where you've got great performances, uh, it's kind of rare to see those kinds of films. So I'm excited to Thank get this you. in front of people's eyeballs. Absolutely. Thank you, yeah. Um, let's talk about some of your music videos. Yes. Uh, I, the first music video I saw from you was Purse First, and yes. I <laughs> was living for it. It was so fun. It's so out there. We actually have a minute, so we're going to play oh, yeah. it now. The Purse. <laughs> purse Fires. Purse Fires. Welcome to the room, Purse Fires. It is a known fact oh that a woman do carry your evening bag at dinner time. You see the Real Housewives <laughs> of Atlanta. You see it on Real Housewives of Potomac. You even see it on Little Women LA. I don't know why you all gagging. Purse first, purse first. Welcome to the room, purse first. These vulgars are everything to me. They are so... Well, the, the, the one with the shaved head, uh, her name's Barbie. Uh, she she choreographed uh, Chai Pop, the feature. Copy. And the, and the music video. Aesthetic, so I'm trying to think of new Different words. words. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> I like the visuals of for those <clears throat> listening. There's this moment where he's got two Vogue dancers in a singular shot, and there's these like white plaster arms coming out from the wall, and they're just voguing in between the mm-hmm. hands. And it's such a strong look. 
Yeah, that I came up with, like, literally last minute. It's it, This all was shot in my building where I live at, actually. Wow. And so, um, I know this is in my gym. Those hands carry the medicine ball. The, sorry, <laughs> you know those, like, big balls you no sit on? Way. That's what they carry, the gray ones. And so I, I remembered that. While they were setting up our outside scene, mm-hmm. I was like, why don't we just, do, instead of sitting here doing nothing, I'm like, I'd rather work. So I called my DP. I'm like, do you think you can light this really quickly? I need simple lighting setup. Nothing too crazy, and I wanted these dancers to just vogue. And then he was like, sure, we can do it in, like, five minutes. Perfect. So we got this in, and it turned out to be, like, one of most people, this is their favorite part of the video, which is really funny. It's absolutely my favorite part of the video. It's so striking and beautiful, and also it kind of highlights the art form, which I think is cool. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. When you're making a film, and then you're making a music video, does your brain work differently? Yeah. Definitely. How so? With the film, everything's more thought out, I think. Like, everything is way more planned. Because you don't have time on set, really, to to mess around. Especially when there's dialogue. and You have to really have an organized thing. With the music video, I allow myself more freedom to just create on set. Like, I'll have an idea, and I'll have, like, a general what shots I would like to get. But I never put... For me, I never put out... I never did a shot list for a music video. Ever. Wow. I would just I just screenshots shots that I like, send it to my DP and on set we sit there and we get inspired. And I think it's worked for me till now. I don't know if it'll continue working, but till <laughs> now I I've never had to do that. Even recently I shot a video last week and it, the same concept. That's kind of surprising to me because I feel like I hear a lot of stories about artists who are like, I really want my music video to look like this and I have very specific ideas and they get nervous. You know, and rightfully so. Music yeah. video costs a lot of money and it's, it's their, you know, kind of calling card to the world. Uh, and so they get nervous when they're not quite sure what they're doing. Do you have to yeah. coax any artists through that or were they all kind of like, yeah, let's just fly no, and handle? I think I had a good track record as of now. So uh, Bob hired me for the first, first video because he was in my feature and my short. So okay. I worked with Bob for six years. So Bob didn't never questioned me. He was just like, I want you to the video, have fun with it. And so this is what came up. And then the other videos I got were through Bob's video. So they already saw that I did that and Cherry Pop. So they, they also let, just gave me freedom. I mean, the one I just worked on, I can't really talk about. The artists did have, like a few of them had very good creative input and it really, really helped me come up with uh, better shots for the video. But yeah, they just, they really trusted me. I don't know why, but they do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, clearly, there's a reason why. The video looks amazing. It's Thank so you. colorful and fun and <laughs> different. and oh, love it. I'm Thank curious, you. what kind of music videos... Do you watch a lot of music videos? Mm-hmm. Yes. What music videos are you living for? K-pop. Okay. Oh, Honestly, yeah. it is my dream. I said, whenever I get representation... I want to go to Korea and direct a K-pop video. Yes. It's my dream to do that, honestly. I, I Any think groups that, in particular you'd like yes, to? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Girls' He's Generation. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, there's a bunch. Like, there's a four-minute. They just, like, put a lot of effort in their music videos. It's mm. really well done. And the production value is so high. And I, I like the songs, too. I, really, I feel like, like Korea is having, like, a 90s music video. Like, back in the America in the 90s, had exactly. these, like, strikingly huge, like, giant productions When they made music, when music videos. videos were the thing. You yeah. Know? Yeah, when, when MTV was playing music videos. And Gaga tried to revive it a little bit in, like, 08, when mm-hmm. she was doing, you know, when she was in her uh, phase. little monster phase. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, those. also, Beyonce tries to do that when she releases a video for every song, which I think is amazing. It's kind of like wonderful. Michael Jackson-esque, where he used to, to, to do that with all his videos. 
I, I love that. Do you I think, think that's the next wave? Do you think we'll be seeing more artists releasing full... I think so. I think we should. I, I enjoy it a lot. Like, I'm tired of seeing these videos where everyone's in the club. Ugh, oh, my like, gosh. On, I'm, yeah. over, I'm over that. Do you feel like a good music video can save an otherwise mm, okay song? Yes. Like, a music video can make it a good song. 100%. Yeah, because I think people get excited when they see a visual. Sure. I, and sometimes when you're listening to something, yeah, it might not be as exciting, but then combining it with a visual, people then just fall in love with the song again. I don't know when that's happened to me, but I feel like it has. I feel like I've, I've been you know, watching a couple of videos like, the song is all right, but the video is great, you know? Yeah. I feel, I feel like, like a lot of Drake songs are like that for me. <laughs> like, uh, started from the bottom, now we hear when I first heard it, I was like... <laughs> Okay, but you were like a, a you star before. You're like an actor, but then I saw the video and it's so corny and silly with him and his bros, and I was like, oh, hey, that's I got my heart. Market, right? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Like Where he's like, like walking video. around in the snow for yeah. no reason, like an outside hot tub party. I was like, this is just beautiful. It's amazing. I, <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you too. Are you? picky about your music videos i know you're going kind of like offhand but do you need to enjoy a song do you need to connect with it um honestly no i i could need to connect with the artist more okay. that's more important to me than the song itself uh, this video that i just shot i didn't hear the song till i was on set because they didn't <laughs> have it ready oh wow <laughs> it was very last minute it was like a 10 minute prep a ten, sorry 10 day prep from the day I got the job till the day we shot was 10 days. So wow. it was, and they were still recording the song. They still don't have it finished yet. Now they're remastering it and everything. That would give me so much anxiety. Not hearing the song, not yeah. really having a shot list prepared, just kind of really winging it. Yeah. You're but genius. It worked really well. I'm very, I'm very happy with it. It's actually going to be, I think, one of the best videos I, I directed till now. It's wow. like up there with Purse First on my favorite videos I've ever done. It's stunning. Yeah. Uh, I want to show another video. Uh, here's to the life. Who's the performer for this? Oh, Latrice. She's also on RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, she's She was in my feature, but she was out of drag in my feature. She's the one that gets vomited on in the trailer. Uh, okay. She's an amazing voice. Yeah, she's, she's fun. I love her. Here's to life. And every joy it brings. so much here's to love here's to you that's the tree says fiance oh, oh my goodness God. this is the sweetest most like sad classic romantic throwback because the tree actually she has a lot of it's a very personal the song she had a lot going on in her life prior to becoming a drag queen so it's it's really re- the whole album is very revealing to that mm-hmm. also fun fact that too we shot this whole thing in four hours from when we arrived on set no like stop with, it Asad with setting, the had to take a flight literally four we arrived we had four hours and she was gone she had to take a flight to go for a show somewhere so I was like seriously four hours that's it she's like yeah we have four hours so we gotta make this happen 
We made it happen. You, you made it happen. You're setting the bar high, like so high for students. That I, was, were like, I was so What stressed. can you accomplish with like little funds, with like little time, with last minute, with no prep, like the, no excuses. Anybody? No, there is no. Excuse. Honestly, there's no. no I never had even when I was a student in IFA. I hated anyone who gave an excuse. And I called everyone out when they did in class in front of everyone. I was like, I Good. Don't care. No, and that's so important yeah. is to not let anything get in the way of your creativity Nothing. and your goals and just keep on working. Yeah, like there's no excuse to not have your project done mm. when it's supposed to be done. Or like your script ready when it's supposed to be ready. I hated those were my biggest pet peeves with, with other students. What kept you going throughout all these years? I mean, you've gone through years of schooling. What kept you just trucking um in what sense so like to, to continue doing things or to continue studying continue i guess both just pursuing this um i guess i really enjoy it like there's nothing i never found anything i had enjoyed doing and i can see myself continue doing this for as long as i i can like i really really like it and so i i when i'm sitting at home i always thinking of different ideas and it's just always happening that way. On other episodes I of the show, we've talked about the moment where, as a student, film kind of dies for you for a minute. Of like, I used to love this medium, but all the secrets have been revealed, and there's you no know, mystery, and I know how much hard work goes into it. Um, you kind of came in a little bit differently. A lot of people, uh, not a lot of people, but some people grow up with like a camera in their hands. So they're like, yeah. I'm going to be a great director one day. But you <clears> sort of <throat> fell into it, and I'm wondering if you experienced that moment as well. Um, kind of. I was just shocked by most things, but it actually <laughs> made me more excited. To make movies, because like, oh my god, we can fool people so easily. <laughs> I was like, I was one of those people. Like, I didn't know anything. Like, I came into film school, I didn't know anything, nothing. Wow. Yeah. Mira Nair says the same thing. Um, she did. Um, oh boy, the Queen of Cotway, which just came out with Disney. Before mm-hmm. that, Mississippi Masala and Salam Bombay. Um, she talks. She was in Harvard studying like something with numbers and she just sort of fell into film and she started with documentary and then she was like I could probably make a movie and I feel like when you kind of come to film in that way in a more natural way there's this desire to kind of attack it with fresh eyes as opposed to people who've been Mm -hmm. doing it since they were a kid and there's that mystery died for them a long time ago yeah yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with that I think that's kind of what happened to me I just fell into it. I'm wondering what movies are you watching now? Are you getting excited to do another feature? Are you, like, what is kind of driving you to create your next art project? Um, Yeah, I just met with a producer at Queen Latifah's production company. And so they want me, my writer and I, Nick, uh, we're going (laughs) to, I like giving him a shout out every time. You Uh, should. Uh, we're working on stuff for them right now to see if they're going to pick it up or not. That's amazing. We're also writing Cherry Pop as a TV show. So we have the pilot. Um, yeah, we have the pilot set. Logo, are you that listening? I know. Logo, pick it up. Oh my gosh. Hulu, Netflix, yeah, Netflix. Amazon. <laughs> Anyone, I'm not, I'm not picky. I'm not, not picky at all. Um, but yeah, uh, so hopefully someone picks that up too. I'm going to be pitching it definitely at all the festivals we go to to try and push it because I really want it to happen. Are we, can we see you at Paley Fest? You think you'll be hanging out there? Where? Paley, Paley Fest. Fest. What is that? Uh, it's like mm-hmm. a big television and film uh, festival here in LA. I'll talk to you about it after the yeah, show. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, no, I've never heard of it. Yeah, Paley Fest is amazing stuff. Uh, Scandal reads there. Yes. Like, uh, they just read cool. their 100th episode there, so there's a lot of really cool opportunities and networking okay. things. If you live in the LA area, you should check out Paley Fest. It's great. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I... <sighs> I want to ask you, um, would you ever considering, like, 
like, does concerts interest you? Because I feel like you've got to, in four hours to do that music video. Like live recording? Yeah, like directing live concerts. Because again, there's so many great drag <coughs> performances, not just yeah. in LA or New York, but like all, all over, over. the world. Yeah. Mary's. Yeah, that's about a lot of the girls work at Hamburger Mary's. Actually, <laughs> I think almost everyone in the cast has performed there. Amazing. That does not surprise me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, am I interested? I would be. I don't know, actually. I've never even thought of that. Like doing something live I where it's like with multiple it. cameras where you kind of switch at the moment. I feel yeah. like if anybody could do it, it's you. You're like a quick thinker on the spot. I think that would actually be a lot of fun. I never thought of it, to be honest. I see so many drag performances recorded on really bad cell phones, and the performances are just like everything. They're pouring their hearts out. And I feel like I know it's not mean. really respected as an art form. And again, I was just real excited when uh Kelly, you guys have not met yet, but you will soon. He's the chair of uh, academic advising, maybe? He's the bomb. He's great. Um, But he introduced me and Asad, and he was like, you have to see his music videos. They're amazing. (laughs) And I watched them, and I was like, nobody takes drag... Like, I feel like outside of the drag community, it's so hard to get it taken seriously as an art form. Um, And you do that. So it'd be great if we could get more of these drag... Like, documented permanently. That's I agree, crazy. but the problem is the funding. Like, That's no fair. one... Like, I'm not gonna pay for it, so I'm like, who's Start gonna... Start a GoFundMe. Who's gonna fund... Yeah, who's gonna fund these things? <laughs> are, the, are the clubs gonna fund it? Where they perform? Because they don't perform in, like, concert halls, you know? Mm. It's not like a one-night special. But, I mean, you never know. They do do those one-night concerts where it's, like, the Christmas album where they all tour with their thing. And, you know, it's kind of like a tour mm-hmm. where you can film one of the days... That could work, I think, mm-hmm. more than they're just like everyday performances. Right. I think where it's one special concert, that could work, I think. That is special. Okay, last question. Yes. Um, you have students. They're listening. They're watching. What advice would you give to them when they hit that patch in the row where they're like, I don't know if I can make the, like, I don't know if I can complete this film. Like, they've got the idea, they've gotten the people together, maybe they have a little bit of money, but there's just something blocking in the road. What is the best way to push through those moments? I think it also depends what the roadblock is. That's totally fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, if it's something you, like, some things you honor, like money, you can't overcome that. Like, either you're going to get the money or you're not going to get the money. And then, honestly, that determines if you're going to make the movie. That's one of those roadblocks where, honestly, you cannot overcome unless you, you have to find a way to get the money. There's no way you can work around it. Like, you can get so much for free, but at a certain point, people are, are not going to give you their all if they're going to work for free. I've noticed that I know that that's not the case but any other roadblock there's a solution to everything I don't think there's a problem that can't be solved in my opinion there isn't I think being prepared is the most important Mm -hmm. I was always so prepared before going on set with my feature that problems do happen like Mm -hmm. things happen on my set but because all the other stuff were so well prepared those little problems didn't matter, and they were so easy to solve. I want to elaborate just a little bit on that. How do you how do you prepare for something like you didn't have the song for the music video? Yeah, how do you prepare for that? I mean, I had I heard the beat. He sent me just the beat, but I didn't have the lyrics were very muffled. It was how do I prepare? Um, I talked to them a lot. They the, to the artists, and they had a clear vision of what they wanted. And so for me, I just went around looking at other music videos and I started screenshotting ideas of shots that I wanted, send it to everyone. And they were like, yeah, this is exactly what we wanted. Good. And to the video that I, and then there was a video that kind of was similar in concept. I sent it to them. And then the product that we have now is so similar. I'm very shocked. I was like, oh my God, we did it. Like, this is what we wanted and we got it. But yeah, it just, it happened. I don't know. How do you prevent yourself from kind of going to the same thing over and over again? In the in the look in the cre- yeah, 
Um, how do you make each individual project different, but still keeping your you style, know, you know? I, I feel like, till now, this, the two videos I've done are different. This third one is completely different as well. I guess it also comes with what the artist is looking um, to do, like what the image they want to uh, convey to everyone else, I guess. Like how they want people to see them affects the way I'm going to shoot the video and affects like what lighting setups we're going to have. Because mm. someone who doesn't want it to be very vibrant, and like for Latrice's video, it's a very slow song. Mm. I'm not going to have all these quick cuts and many camera movements. We just had a doll, kind of like slow dolly motion to go with the, with the song. So it, I think it depends mm. also on the song, which in the case where I didn't hear it, that was interesting. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Right on. Well, thank you so much for embarking all of your thank wisdom you on us. This was amazing. This was fun. Uh, your stuff is great. Uh, tell the people where they can find you if they want to learn more about you. Um, you can go on my website, asadyakub.com or Instagram, asadyakub. It's basically anything with my name, you'll find me <laughs> <laughs> on any so any medium. Uh, if you guys are just getting started in your careers and launching your own projects and things, check out Asad's website. It is clean as hell. It's I did it myself. Can you believe it? I can believe I learned, it. Shocking. I learned so much. I like. I was like dying, <laughs> sleepless nights, trying to figure out this fucking web. Oh my gosh! <laughs> this website. And, um, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Have fun. Learn. Do yourself yourself. You really will learn a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a great presentation of of his work and himself. So uh, give that a look. Thank you once again for joining us here at the New York Film Academy Hour. We always appreciate having you guys. Um, come back next week. We are scheduled Thursday at 4, uh, where we're going to have more recent alumni who've done more music videos and more features coming to talk to you guys because <laughs> we want to bring you uh, people that are your age doing the things that you guys want to do and telling you how to do it. So thank you so much for joining us. I've been Joel Smith. And I'm Peggy Red. And Thanks we'll for see watching. you guys next week. <laughs> Bye. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.